Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we try something new today for Album for the Day, we go to the start of a new year and we decided to do our choice cuts from Album for the Day so far. And these are our 31 most enjoyed episodes by us. Doesn't mean it's for you. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed them too, but nobody ever asks us, so these are what we enjoyed the most so far with over 200 albums done. And these are the albums that we felt were the most special to us, what we learned the most from, um, and just something we enjoyed uh, talking about the most. So without further ado, here we go. Album for the day. So album for the day, January the 1st, we discover again Nirvana Unplugged episode. I know I enjoyed the hell out of that. It's one of my favorite albums and really just a groundbreaking one altogether. I think we did that one serious justice. Well, it's Nirvana Unplugged. If you don't, then don't don't even step up to the plate. We showed up to play, homie. <laughs> right on. Good album. Enjoy it. Album for the day, August 1st, as we start a new theme and celebrate the return of live music worldwide. August, we will be celebrating not necessarily the best, but some live albums that we think deserve some attention. And we start this list with MTV Unplugged in New York from Nirvana. Released November 1st, 1994. The actual performance was at Sony Music Studios in New York City on November 18th, 1993. And it's a doozy. It's just, I mean, the whole thing is just a slap in the face to everybody. Oh, it's so good. The thing that I love about this album the most is that when everybody was going in and doing their MTV unplugs and all this, it was just like they'd go in and play their greatest hits just with acoustic instruments, you know? And it was like they played everything the same and do this, whatever. Nirvana goes in and absolutely flips the script on the whole thing where they played one song that was a hit for them come as you are because all apologies hadn't even been released as a single yet from in utero so basically they played one hit one song people unless you really knew their catalog they played one song that you knew and they covered they had six covers six that was almost half of the show was covers which nobody did that and it was just one of those things where they wanted to show the audience and all of us that weren't at that show who who they were, where they came from, who they listened to. I mean, they're playing covers from the Vaselines, David Bowie, the Meat Puppets, and Lead Belly. So the great thing is that they had been trying to get them to do that for some time, and... Kurt repeatedly said no, but he was touring with the Meat Puppets and decided to accept the offer. 
And I'm sure that he tied that in somehow because they're playing three Meat Puppets songs and they with play, them they, there. Yeah, they're on stage with him yeah. playing the songs. And um, they also insisted, I guess Kurt insisted, on using a fuzz pedal and playing through an amp, which yeah. went in the face of the acoustic thing that the series had kind of been known for. And it's not super egregious. No, I don't um, think so. The whole time, you can most tell on the David Bowie cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the uh, The thing that I've that I've heard about this is that Kurt was going through a very big um, detox. Yes, withdrawal um, at the time of practice and you whatever potato. Yeah, and. Um, Basically, that was kind of like his crutch. Was he was extremely an- anxious about playing strictly acoustic, and so he played an acoustic, you know, with pedals, um, just as like a a crutch. But that cover wouldn't have been the same. That song wouldn't have been the same. No, if he didn't have that. So and, they actually took the. Uh the pedal board in front of him and like built a faux thing around it. Yeah. So it looked like a monitor. Yeah. So if you're watching it and you're like, there's no pedals there. Yeah. They hit it. Nice. There's That's a that, monitor. That MTV sneaky y'all. <laughs> they are. We'll get to more of their sneakiness yeah. in this uh, month. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the show itself, it won, uh, the best alternative performance Grammy. Uh, also, it was Nirvana's only win of a Grammy. If you, that doesn't make any sense to me, but but that's the truth. Um, but we talked about the, uh, the the Meat Puppets playing with them. Uh, they also had Pat Smear uh, play with them, and uh, Lori Goldstein was the cello player that played with them for the for the show. Uh, Pat Smear, you'll know from the Foo Fighters, and he he actually toured. Um, with Nirvana later in their career um, just to fill out the sound more and so so that Kurt wasn't the entire guitar section, guitar section of the band. Um, but uh, one of the other kind of weird decisions made by Kurt for this uh, performance is uh, he said that he wanted a, a large chandelier with stargazer lily, lilies and black candles um, around the performance. And they said, like a funeral? And that is exactly what he said. Uh, And so the whole show was kind of in support of a funeral, and this was actually the first posthumous release by Nirvana after Kurt Cobain sadly committed suicide. Well... I think it's important to point out that this broke a lot of rules and set a new standard. Even in his absence, the gravity of this album on the music industry, rock music in general, um, and specifically, the impact that it had to say... Hey, artist, why are you playing 12 Greatest Hits? Do something interesting. 
Be creative. You bore me. Be creative. That's what I felt like he was saying to everyone who'd done Unplugged already was, you bore me. The other factor of this is a lot of other artists went back to their recordings and either re-recorded parts of it, made alternate takes of it, or recorded overdubs on top of the material. This is one shot. Nirvana MTV Unplugged is one single take. And, and there's the, a couple of screw ups, and yeah, you hear them. Yeah, and the producer, and they move on. The producer of the show, they walked off a stage after uh, Kurt Cobain sang the most heart wrenching version of Lead Belly that you will ever hear. Uh, after he sings this this moment of rock and roll perfection, he hits this note that causes the band, the audience. Everyone that was there just stirred. It was just silence, and it was just like this moving moment of perfection. He says shiver the whole night through, and everyone in the room shivered. It gets you, and he, he looks up with those blue, just piercing eyes, and it's just like, whoa, we are seeing something happen here. Something special. He and then they end the show, and he walks off stage. The producers tried to get him to come out for an encore, and Kurt Cobain was like, "There's nothing I can do that will ever beat what I just did. There's nothing I can do. It's over. The show's over." You want me to and, top that? Yeah, like, and and I and I and I applaud him for not getting up and saying, "Yeah, okay, let's go try one." That and the show, the show is truly a masterpiece. So this almost didn't come out in this form. They were piecing together a collection of live stuff called Verse, Chorus, Verse. And this was going to be a part of it, but not a singular piece by itself, freestanding. And after Kurt died... Dave and Chris said that it was just too much. They couldn't go through and pick out all that stuff. So they scrapped the project and instead released this. Mm -hmm. What a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of live albums I would put in this category of how unbelievable they are. Not, Not only because of how how it's performed, but it's by what is performed, when it was performed, the creativity that went along with this, the decisions made, the covers that they chose, everything about it was uh, just, without question to me, perfect decisions. I would agree. I, I think that it's a lot of risks that they chose and they were calculated risks as well as accidental victories. Mm-hmm. And this album, you could hold this album up against any other album we talk about this month. Yeah, uh, absolutely. in its own way, it stands up against each one of them. Absolutely. Well, to get uh, our new category of live albums kicked off, uh, we're starting with a big one. Um, 
So August 1st album for the day is MTV Unplugged by Nirvana. Uh, Be sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe. Let us know what your favorite albums are. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Shiva! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit Add to Cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!